0: This morning we're in Ephesians chapter 5, you know, I'm starting to think God knows what he's doing. Next week we're going to be talking about husbands and fathers, next week happens to be Father's Day, so uh, it's no accident that we're going to be right in that part of Scripture. God is in control. I, I had coffee with a couple ladies last week, and I found out that the house that I live in right now, 411 Pontiac, back in the early 80s, around 1981, 82, right after I was born again. I was born again in 1981. A Bible study started in the basement of my house. And that Bible study turned out to be New Life Church. One of the original board members bought that house And they started to have meetings before New Life even existed. It was just a bunch of people getting together. They said it started out five or six and grew to about 20. They got together on a weekly basis, had Bible study and prayed. And out of that came New Life Church. So how many years later in 2015, my wife and I were looking for a house to buy here in town. Drove up to that house, walked in the house and the Lord spoke to us both. To move in that house. Why? I don't know. It's 2,700 square feet. Uh, whenever we, uh, Terry and I aren't getting along so well, I'll go upstairs and she'll go downstairs we don't see each other. You know, it's a big house. I'm kidding. But uh, God is in control. And I, I don't believe it's an accident that we're here in this part of Scripture because one of the biggest things that's being attacked in our day is the family. The family is being attacked. Not only the nuclear family, mom, dad, children, but the family of the United States. We are more at odds with one another than we've ever been in the history of this nation. Ever. 50% of the country is against 50% of the country. It used to be one out of three, one out of four. Now it's one out of, one out of two. 50% of the country, one, believes In the United States believes that, uh, in, in the conservative values, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the other half, actually a nation has been born. It's called the, uh, center, uh, center, Capitol Hill, uh, autonomous zone in Seattle has declared himself as a new nation. Six block radius, no police, uh, and they—they've—they've uh, they've got a leader, and the whole thing. How many could have ever believed that would happen? That's happened right now in our nation. So I don't think it's any accident we're talking about family in the next couple of weeks, and we're in the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, and probably be up on the screen, it's in your notes. Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-two. It says this, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In in the world, as I said, we find ourselves in Christian marriage at the uh, the forefront of stability for our society. The family needs to be strong. I don't know if Amy kind of snuck a peek at the uh, notes this morning, but what she said is so true. A husband needs to take the lead in the family. A husband and father needs to be the leader in the family. God knows what he's doing. Today we're going to address the wife, and next week on Father's Day we will address the husband and their roles in the family unit. Um, A few words about submission. It's probably one of the most misunderstood terms, misunderstood words in the English language. Submission, it, it, it means to do so, in this context anyway, you submit willingly, not against your will. The Bible talks about us submitting to one another. As a matter of fact, in the Bible way, if you want to be a leader, you've got to be a servant of all. How many know that? The Bible says if you want to be a leader, you've got to serve all. We don't have many examples of that today. Mostly it's dog eat dog. Our, even our own system of government, those that are serving in Washington are supposed to be our representatives and our servants and they've turned up being, turned out being self-appointed leaders. They've never served anybody but themselves. And so it's skewered. So submission in the original language means to subordinate, put in subjection, submit to one's control, and to be subject to. So the order in the Christian home is for women to willingly submit to their husbands. Now that can be difficult, I realize, because men are stubborn. Men want things their own way. Men usually don't think about multitude of things. Wife has, I don't know how women have the ability to think about 90 things at the same time. They just have it under control. A woman can be busy uh, doing dishes, doing something in the house, writing, reading, and you can ask them, honey, do you remember where my pocket knife was? Yeah, it's upstairs in the third drawer on the left in your dresser. How do they know those things? How do they know those things? And so we are very blessed to have you women, let me say from the outset. I don't know what I'd do without my wife. But we learned a long time ago that God has an order. Submission is God's order. Not only submission of wives to husbands, submission to one another. But in this particular case, it says, be submissive, submit to your own husbands. Now, that does not mean that women are subversive or supposed to submit to every man. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means God's order. And matter of fact, in Galatians 3.28, the word says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Bible's clear that we are all one in Christ. We're equal in Christ. We're joint heirs in Christ. Somebody say amen. This is the order of things that will work in the institution of marriage. If you want to have a successful marriage, you do so in the edicts and the commands set forth by the Word and the design set forth in the Word. All things have ingredients that are dominant, but together they make up the content, air, water, matter, all things have more of one thing than the other. The husband is merely pointed out as being the head. If you look in 1st Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. And they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Verse 4 says, Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. So the word of God here in First Peter again says, Wife, be submissive. If there's no obedience from your husband, that does not matter. Your submissiveness will win your husband over. Now you'll notice there's no time date on that. You know, God, if I'm submissive for a month, is my husband going to... um, Is my husband going to submit? If I'm submissive for six months or a year? No, it says to be submissive to your husband and by your behavior, you'll win your husband. Does that work 100% of the time? Absolutely not. Can it work 100% of the time? Absolutely it will. Both. Because we're dealing with the will of man. He will observe your conduct, Scripture says, You know, when I was first saved, I was all about Terry being submissive. I've made it known, I've said it before, but I used to read Psalm 31 to her. If you look at Psalm 31, that's the chaste and godly woman. I said, this is the woman you're supposed to be. I'm the boss, and what I do, what I say, you'll listen to. I I was quite the guy. I wanted to be scriptural, so I wanted to be the head of the house. My wife had a way of putting me in my place by being chaste, by being uh, submissive, by being sweet and kind and gentle. She used to come to me and ask questions. She'd say, honey, do you think if you tried it this way, it would work? And it would be so logical, she'd set me in my place. She wouldn't argue with me. She'd just come and question me. And I found out that she was praying, man. She was praying. She said, I don't know how long you could put up with this guy, God. you got to do something. You got to do something. And slowly, she began to win me. Even though I was born again, I had a wrong attitude. I had a wrong attitude. I told her she's supposed to do this, supposed to do that. This is supposed to be your place. I'm the Lord of the Manor; What I say goes. You heard about the guy that went uh, went to a uh, men's retreat, and uh, he was uh, gone the whole weekend. He come he came back late on uh, Sunday night and woke his wife up from a deep sleep. It was about midnight. He woke her up, and he started to tell her what exactly she was going to do, that he was the Lord of the house, and she was going to listen to him, and things were going to be different. After he got done, he didn't see her for two weeks, and he saw her just a little bit out of this one eye. (laughs) Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. The outward appearance must reflect the inner beauty. Terry showed me by a gentle and a quiet spirit how beautiful of a woman she was that she didn't take me out when I fell asleep. She used to say, say, You gotta sleep sometime. But she prayed for me. She she reacted in a way that was godly. She embarrassed me because I wasn't being godly at all. I was being obtrusive. I was being demanding. I have my rights as a man. I don't do that. That's women's work. Come on, someone. But a submissive wife will set the order for the house. What a blessing. The surge of rebellion in the last 30 plus years has infiltrated Christian marriage. Families are under attack. Husbands and wives have much more to face than we ever did. Before. How do we love one another? How do we respectfully live with one another? How do we conduct ourselves? And there's a pattern. There's a way that we're supposed to do those things. Amy said earlier that a lot of homes are run by the woman and not by the man. And I understand that. What we found, Terry and I have found that we're equal in the Lord. And we realize the order of God but I can't remember the last time I ever told my wife this is the way things are going to be whether you like them or not. Because we pray together and we hear God together and it's okay. If it ever came to that, then the final decision would rest with me. But thank God that God speaks to both of us equally. Are you there? A quiet spirit is precious in His sight. And we are encouraged, women are encouraged today not to be quiet, to cause a ruckus. If it doesn't work out, you can always find somebody else. Commitment is for ever, if at all possible. Are there times when it's not? Of course. Peter here in this passage cites the example of generations before it has worked. Second thing I want to talk about that order is not sexist. It, just because the husband is the head of the house, it doesn't, doesn't mean it's a sexist thing that men are better than women. A husband must see his wife as equal in inheritance and in authority in the Lord. Being the weaker vessel is not derogatory. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3 says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. There's an order. Arguably, Christ, when He was on this earth, was the most powerful human being ever walked on the face of the earth. Anybody going to argue about that? Wasn't He? Cast out demons, healed the sick, raised the dead. But yet He said, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me. He was submitted, showed what submission was. And of course, in that great uh, example that he set in the upper room when he washed the disciples' feet, he submitted. Became like a slave so that he could set the example. The covering is for the kingdom order in each home. A French commentator, Alex de Tocqueville, in the mid-19th century when he visited the United States said this, There is certainly no country in the world where the tie of marriage is more than respected than in America or where conjugal happiness is more highly or worthily appreciated. The downfall of our nation has been accelerated by the breakdown of the home. Do you know today that 41% of children born today are born illegitimate? How did we reach this place? The enemy knows if he's gonna break down a nation, he'll start with the family. The family unit. Are you there? And we think, well, you know, the church, the church knows how to do this. The church is walking through this okay. But divorce in the evangelical church is twenty-two percent, non evangelicals thirty-three percent. Those to pur- purport to be born again, 32% of the marriages are ending up in divorce. That's one, almost one out of three. The enemy has succeeded in taking this thing, extrapolating it out, and destroying families, which destroys children, which destroys grandchildren, and we begin another pattern. Instead of the pattern set forth in God's Word. The problem is always disobedience to the revealed Word of God. If we obey God's Word and we follow God's Word, we'll succeed and have victory. Come on, somebody. But we're not wired like that in this nation. Everybody knows that if the speed limit is 60 miles an hour on Route 31, you go 67 and not get a ticket. How many know the speed limit says 60 miles an hour? But we push the envelope. Come on, somebody. In fact, if you're going 67 miles an hour down 31, everybody's passing you. Everybody knows tax day is April 15th, except this year. And when I lived in Philly, April 15th at, you know, they kept the post office open till 11 o'clock at night so you could drop your taxes off on time. I mean, you know, all year round that your taxes are due on April 15th, just like Christmas is December 25th. We push the envelope. And when things don't work out, we get angry and we, now it's, you know, demonstrate and we riot and we say we want things our way. But if we'll follow God's Word, God's Word is not punishment. It's a pattern to follow. Wives submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Of course, this submission does not mean abuse. Verbal, physical, or any abuse coming from the husband. That does not mean that you live with infidelity. It may mean that you need to get on, set with each other and look each other in the eye and say, we're not going to do this pattern anymore. We're going to live as God tells us to live. And I guarantee you, if you'll set your house in order, you'll walk in victory. If you'll set your house in order, you'll walk in victory. It works. It's a law. It doesn't mean that anybody's less or anybody's more. It's just the way that God works. Submission comes with trusting in God. Prayers and patience with prayerful discussions. Sit down and work it out. It's not just going to magically happen. Wives and husbands sit down. How are we going to work this out? I want peace in my home. I want to be in love with God and in love with you. Let's stir the pot of love again by following the pattern that God set forth. Know that Jesus is Lord over your marriage and it will happen. Someone says, oh, you know, he prays on his way to work and reads when I'm asleep. Oh man, build a time together in the Lord. Build a time together. It doesn't have to be magic. It doesn't have to be preaching for an hour I mean just set and stir the stir the fires of love again by falling in love with God together the wife submitting the husband leading someone said, you know I'm a morning person and they're not well they'd be an evening person come on somebody learn to sacrifice a little bit. Put this thing together. I guarantee you, if you're a wife and a husband, I'm speaking to both of you, if you'll spend time together in the Lord, you'll walk in victory. You notice that the Scripture says, submit to your husband as to the Lord. What's that mean? That means when you're submitted to your husband, women, you are giving God the glory. You are giving God the glory and trusting that God will work on him if he needs worked on. With that, all that was happening with Terry and I, during that first couple of months I was saved, you know, I thought I was all that and a bag of chips. She started to just pray for me and ask those questions until I finally came to her and I said, can you ever forgive me for being so stubborn? It was then that we started a devotional life together and have never looked back. Never looked back. Why? Because It works. This thing is not in the theory stage anymore. God's been doing this for thousands of years, 6,000 years. This thing works if we'll work it. This is such a hard passage of Scripture, this and Peter and others, because they're somehow sewn into the fabric of our society that submission means you're less. No, actually, in the kingdom of God, submission means you're more. By submission, God exalts you hello, I welcome you to go and talk to my wife anytime you want. Ask her any question you want. My wife is the queen in my home. But she's learned that God's way of doing things is the right way of doing things. So have I. Took me a little longer to learn than she. As to the Lord, a divine mandate. Husband is concerned for your wife's welfare. You pattern yourself after Christ. That's hard to do sometimes. Because we gotta live with each other. How I many you know you don't feel all the time like being the example? Thank God that you have a relationship with your spouse. If you don't, you should. Where you can dump on them and minister, and let them minister to you and have, I'm so glad that Our conversations sometimes at my house are taped. Of course, nowadays you don't know if they're taped or not. We don't have Alexa in the house, so they can't tape us there. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord, Colossians 3.18. Again, this submission thing. But it's fitting to the Lord. Why? Because God works through His pattern. The pattern He set forth works. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. To be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So what's that mean? That means when a house is out of order, we're blaspheming the Holy Scriptures. I didn't say that. The word of God says that. What's that mean? We ought to draw attention to and deal with the out of order in the home until it's in order. There's always an order of things. Remember the first car my brother got? He had a uh, 1963 Chevy Nova. It was nice. It was pale blue. You know, one of those little box things. How many of you guys remember that? 1963 Chevy Nova. And he went to change the plugs one day and the wires. So he just took all the plugs out pulled all the wires out. Put the plugs in and just put the wires where they looked like they'd go. How many know it didn't run so well? And he didn't even set the points. He just put them in there. It was a mess. How many know there's an order of things? So, you know, we called a friend and they came down and worked it out and set the points. It ran like a charm. Why do we think that we could just get married and throw a family together and not live with the order that God set forth then we expect to have a successful marriage? It doesn't work that way. Discipline is something that we've lost in our society. What submission is not, it's not forceful or violent. First Peter 3, 7, right after that passage we read, verse 7 says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may Not be hindered. The weaker vessel is not derogatory. Men are not women. Women are not men. You should champion your husband being strong. Especially if he's following Christ. Christ makes him strong. The husband cannot demand his wife to be submissive. I found that that was a bad thing to do. And I told my wife, you will be submissive. Things did not go so well. So you can't be demanding, but you could pray for, because her submission brings your submission. That's the whole key. And we'll talk about this next week, but the Holy Spirit takes three verses to tell the wife to submit to the husband. It takes nine verses for the Holy Spirit to tell the husband to die to the wife. Die for the wife takes it way beyond submission. See, the key is, the secret is, is the man is to die to himself and serve his wife. And if you'll do that, if you'll put her first, I guarantee she'll put you first. I guarantee it. If you make her queen, you'll be the king. But if you demand to be the king, you know that old song about the doghouse. That's where you'll end up. Maybe not physically, but you'll be in the doghouse spiritually. You'll learn to sleep with one eye open. Submission comes from an attitude of the heart. It's going to be okay. God is going to work it out. It's not going to be a bad thing. It's going to be a good thing because it's God's pattern. If not, we block our relationship with the Lord. Not submitting blocks our relationship with God. That does not mean you enter sin if your husband wants you to enter sin or if the wife wants you to enter sin. You stay pure before the Lord. It does not mean you stay, it does mean that you stay submitted to Christ while submitting as much as you can. There may be a time that is pretty rough, but if you stay the course, you're going to be okay. You're good. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Stay the course. Someone said it this morning. Never give up. Never quit. One thing I found out about my wife is she's tenacious. She never gave up. Later on, we talked about her crying and weeping before the Lord. How long do I have to put up with this man? But she never showed that side to me. Come on, somebody. There's nothing degrading about submission. It's protective. Ladies, you are watched over by Holy Spirit and your husband, as he is obedient to God, will watch over you. It's the best place to be. Husbands are the head. And because you're the head, men, you'll receive a stricter judgment. The problems in your home are your fault. And when I say that, people people get mad at me. Men get mad at me. It's not my fault, it's her fault. Now, ultimately, it's your fault. You should be praying. If it's her fault, if she's doing something sinful, pray for her. If he's doing something sinful, pray for him. It's quiet in here. It works! Because Holy Spirit will work on your heart or her heart, and He'll bring things together in Him. But man, you have a stricter judgment. You'll receive chastening and correction Things will not go well with you if things are not in place in the home. And a lot of men turn to all sorts of things to uh, appease themselves. But it's your wife that needs attention and minister to. And then the children will come along. You will flourish under God's design. I guarantee it. Scripture goes on to say, as Christ is to the church. Aren't you glad that Christ puts up with us? Aren't you glad that Jesus puts up with us? I said, God, how do you ever put up with me sometimes? I'm just as stubborn as they come. But God loves me. See, And Christ, as I submit myself to Christ, I'm blessed. Husbands are the saviors of the home. Why? Because they intercede, protect, and defend their wives. Husband praying for his wife on your knees, praying for your wife is the best place you'll be because you'll reap the benefits of that prayer. And it's pretty good. Come on, somebody. A godly husband lays down his life for his wife, just as Christ laid down his life for us. Ladies, when you submit to God, it will draw you closer to God because you're following the pattern. The church is supposed to be subject to Christ. supposed to be. I'm amazed at some of the conversations I have lately with Christians that are redoing the Word. They're not submitted to the Word at all. As as a Christian, they're not submitted to what the Word of God says. Trying to change. Trying to make sin not sin. How many know if God tags something sin, it's sin. Now forever. If it was sin then, it's sin. Now it'll be sin. Tomorrow it'll be sin for the rest of eternity. God signified what sin and what is righteousness. I did not. But unfortunately, the church is asking, has God really said? And to that I say, his word is final. I know I've tried to convince him else other otherwise. Am I the only one? You know, you kind of pray, God, can you kind of change this up a little bit? I remember when God told me I couldn't drink. I'm not saying everybody, I'm saying with me, I was trying to get God convinced because I liked wine at the time. And I was arguing with him, I said, God, can I drink? It's not going to hurt me. I'm disciplined. God said, you can't do that. If you're going to go any further with me, you can't drink. My wife and I prayed about it, and we made a commitment never to drink again. Well, somebody. Years ago. Years ago. His word. When He speaks it to you, it's final. He doesn't guess. It's no conversation. By the time God tells you something, you're supposed to obey that. Come on, someone. God doesn't say, you know, can you and I talk a little bit? We'll make an agreement. You come halfway, I'll come halfway. And unfortunately, some marriages are the same way. You know, if you come this way. No, submission, love, service, dying to self, all those things bring success. You're prayerfully pursuing God's will. Prayerfully pursuing God's will. I'm trusting that God will speak to the church at large. The word of God unfortunately has been compromised. Much of the church is no longer standing in the truth of his word. So where does it start? Where does reformation start? It can't start massively. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and the whole church is going to be submitted to God again. It starts with you and I. It starts in our home. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm going to follow order in my home. And I'm going to pray for others to have order in their home. And it's always from the inside out, not from the outside in. Spiritual activities don't change anything. A heart change is what changes people. and changes situations. Always from the inside out. So wives, particularly, I'm speaking to you this morning, wives have got to come to a place where you say, okay, I'm going to follow God's word, I'm going to submit. Now, I don't know the situation that you're in. I don't know what your husband is doing or not doing, but if you'll submit and the husband will change, serving his wife, we'll see change in this nation. But it starts with the individual. God always calls the individual. Come on, somebody. Always calls the individual. God changed the nation when he called Moses. God changed the nation when he called David. God changed the nation when he called Daniel. God changed the nation when he called Ruth. God changed the nation when he called Naomi. God changed the nation when he called Esther. Come on, somebody. God speaks individually and it it's like a ripple effect. So you say, the problems of our nation are insurmountable. I don't know where to start. I can tell you where to start with me. I'm going to be following what God tells me to do. My family will follow what God causes calls us to do. And it begins to germinate. Oh, well, how can things happen? It has. It's happened before. It will happen again. Trust me. This passage ends up with Paul adjuring wives to to be subject in everything. And you say, in everything? Yes, in everything. Subjection is faith, and it's motivated by faith. Your subjection could be the factor in changing your family, changing your husband by subjecting. Your subjection does not mean taking it quietly, Again, I encourage you as a family. I hope this spoke to your heart this morning. And I'm enduring you. I'm encouraging you to pray together as a husband and wife. Now, we could have an altar call. We could have you come up and make all kinds of promises. But the promises you need to make this morning with your wife and your husband is, today we're changing everything in our home. Or today we're going back to the basics. Or today we need to get... because. Unforgiveness. Here's what happens in families. I'm making a general statement. But here's what happens with a husband and wife. You've fought so much about certain things, you never even hear what the other person is saying. You just wait for their mouth to stop, and then you're gonna give your point of view. And if you recorded it, it would sound just like the argument you had six months ago. It just is, the enemy finds something that works, gets in our craw, push the buttons, and we're back to fighting. If you'll prayerfully get together, and I encourage you, prayerfully get together and say, you know what? Everything that happened from here backwards, we're going to forgive each other. And we're going to start. I'm going to love you. I'm going to submit to you. You're going to be the head of the house. I'm going to. We're, you're going to die for me. I'm going to submit to you. We're going to follow God's Word. God, please change my heart. You'll have a revival in your home. You'll have a revival in your home. Pray together. Discuss it. Bring out those touchy things. Those things that you don't want to talk about that you just kind of shove away. Bring them out. Talk about them. And insist. Insist, 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 insist in a prayerful way. Find out how to talk to your... My, I'll go back to the example. Terry said she couched everything in questions because she knows I'm a there. When I think things through, I question everything and I'll talk about it for six days until I come to a decision. It's just the way I am. So she'd ask me questions that she knew I was going to go. Find out what makes your hu- husband or find out what makes your wife tick. If you don't already know, you know them better than you know anybody else you just forgot. You're joint heirs with Christ. You are kings and queens in the kingdom of God if you're saved today. You're royalty. God has a plan for you to have peace in your home, to have joy in your home, and to have love once again. Come on, someone. Greatest thing in the last few months that's happened is we can't go much of anywhere. Now it's starting to open up, but we, can't, we have to look at each other put away the cell phone, put away the tablet, put away the computer, sit down with one another and say, God, will you restore my relationship with the man or the woman that I love? And it will work. I guarantee you. I guarantee I. I guarantee you it'll work. We'll have a bunch of lovebirds at New Life. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you that the structure and the design that you put on marriage was birthed in your heart before time began. The oneness that you have with Holy Spirit and Jesus, Father, the oneness that you have together, you design for the husband and the wife and children. You design for our homes to be one. And God, help us. Lord, we're so in need of your assistance and guidance. God, we ask that even if we've been married for years and years and years, God, you can restore and make all things new. And matter of fact, you said in your word, God, that you make all things new. Do this today, God, as we design in our hearts to follow your design, as we purpose in our hearts to follow what you're doing, God. Father, I pray for every relationship in this house today. God, I pray that you would restore, refurbish, restrengthen, and bring newness, breathe newness into each relationship. God will not, to forgive, will not forget to give you all the glory and the honor and praise. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.